Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Be honest with you, I'd spend Harry Douglas levels of money to have Mike Keith, the voice of the Tennessee Titans, just hang out at my house Christmas morning and commentate as I open things. Oh my God, Funko Pop! I'd be all in for it. Oh, give me Mike Keith. Just inject Mike Keith's energy into my veins all day, every day. Also a really uh, great dude, I'm just saying. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're hanging out with you. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And look, Titans fans, before you at either of us, you're just waking up on Christmas Eve. You're getting excited. You see that Harry's dressed proper and ready for service. And I'm just like an old man that's ready for a pipe and uh, and to yell, keep the noise down. Uh, I, I, I get it. Before you <laughs> yell at us that we're not giving credit to the Titans, I would say you missed the first hour. Because a lot of Super Bowl love for the Titans there. And I think there's a lot of Super Bowl conversation to be had about their ability to clinch the top seed in the AFC. But I will also say this, Harry. Last night... The entire league has something to react to, and that's Jimmy G. Because since week eight of the season, Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, has played incredibly well. And you can look back at the numbers and say, and we said yesterday on this show when I was hanging out with Alan Hahn, that they had an opportunity, that Jimmy G had an opportunity to further get himself paid somewhere else when the 49ers decide to move on to go to Trey Lance. He's doing everything he needs to do. And then he had last night. And last night was sort of the epitome of what we see from Jimmy G. Moments where you look at it and say, my God, what a throw. And the moments where you say, you're not a rookie, dude. What are you doing? And Kyle Shanahan, 49ers head coach, was asked at the postgame press conference if Garoppolo's interceptions, and they were not pretty, he was asked directly, did Jimmy G's interception cost him the game? I mean, two turnovers cost you, um, but they're not all just on him. Um, that's on everybody out there. We'll get to some of that in a second because I want to get a breakdown from Harry on it. But before we do that, Harry, when you see Jimmy G trying to force the ball and when you see Jimmy G making mistakes that we usually attribute to younger quarterbacks with less experience, if you're another club, don't you have to step back and say, man, that's just enough seed of doubt to make me wonder if he can really be the guy? Yeah, 100%, especially on a football team with a roster that I think could make a deep push in the playoffs. But I think it's going to lie in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo. And can he make those plays uh, to not hurt his football team? And we seen last night in a very important game against a team who was probably even evenly matched up with him, uh, with the 49ers, uh, despite losing three offensive linemen, that he didn't get it done. He had the interceptions. He had to turn over uh, on first, uh, second and goal in the, in the tight red zone. And then coming out of halftime, the first play from scrimmage, he throws an interception. So those are the type of things. And I started looking at Twitter and what everybody was tweeting. And boy, they was killing Jimmy G last night. But Jimmy G came in with his little sunglasses, had his AirPods in, got his little latte in his hand, had, mm. his, little ta- had his little shirt open, got a little taco meat showing. But he went out there and he played <laughs> like the damn Grinch that stole Christmas. But the only thing is that the Titans defense stole the football from him. So Jimmy G. I need you to get it together, man, because this football team has potential to be scary as hell if they make the playoffs and to make a and they're built for a deep run because of their physicality. But if Jimmy G can't take care of the football, and a lot of people wonder why would they draft a Trey Lance and they have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes, he's played very, very well. I think six week, uh, week eight or nine. But there are moments like last night. 
that put in everybody's heads. That's why they drafted Trey Lance for their future. I just now can only imagine taking the rest of the morning to write a parody. You're a mean <laughs> one, Jimmy G. All right, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was asked after the game about what went wrong on his interception in the end zone that was so key, and this is what he said. We had it. Uh, it, was, it was tough. Just uh, me and George not being on the same page. Uh, just got to get it right and get that one completed. That should have been a touchdown. Now, George, referencing George Kittle, uh, Harry, you know this play. You know this route. What did you see there? Yeah, we call it a cop route. It's a corner stop. Now, I think George Kittle could have did a better job of selling the corner, then coming back, stopping and planting, putting his foot in the ground, and coming back down his stem. But at the same time, if you're Jimmy G, you have to KYP, know your personnel, not just on your team, but know who's on the opposing side. You had Janoris Jack, 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 uh, Jack Rabbit Jenkins guarding uh, uh, George Kittle in that situation. So you got to understand that's a corner. So he's likely to jump and break that ball. He doesn't have to worry about the 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 the, the the extent of the football field because you're in the tight red zone. So he's using the back end line as an extra defender. So I, th- I thought he should have just threw it out of bounds um, instead of just forcing it right there because it really hurt this team because they could have went up 14 to nothing or 10, nothing early on uh, within their first two possessions. So it's a corner stop. It's like you, you, you go up, you act like you're running to the corner, then you stop, put your foot in the ground, come back down your stem. But I didn't think, I didn't think George Kittle did a great job of running the route, and I, think, I don't think Jimmy G made a great decision actually throwing it. He should just threw the football away. <clears throat> Live and play it, another down. It, it absolutely rocks my world when I hear you talk about it that way because we look at almost every – and I mean by we, I mean fans. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here – yelling obscenities. I don't know why the hell they thought it was a good idea to put me on a digital show during the Raiders game. Like the fact that I didn't get fired on Monday night, I'm really proud of. I'm just like y'all when I'm watching these games. And every time we see an interception, the number of times we immediately yell words that Santa Claus would not approve of at our quarterback for our favorite team and immediately put it all on our quarterback. And you start breaking down the route and the way it's being sold by the tight end or, you know, a wide receiver doesn't matter the case. There are so many variables that lead to an interception that most of us don't see. We just see a Correct. ball getting picked without any concept of like, hey, maybe that was being thrown. Because remember, we're always told that NFL quarterbacks are throwing to a spot, right? Like, so they're throwing to a spot where they think the wide receiver is going to be. That presumes that the wide receiver saw the personnel the same, saw the play the same, saw the, the audible the same if there was one. Like, there's so many presumptions made that lead to a, an interception. Harry, when you break it down that way, it's just a reminder that like, we don't know so often what causes these turnovers. Yeah, and there's more to it. I'll tell you what Tony Gonzalez used to do because we actually ran that play a lot when, when Tony signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so normally Tony would go up in that situation and put his big body on that corner and shield him from coming over him and knocking it down or uh, uh, – not making the quarterback, not letting the quarterback complete the football. Uh, George Kittle didn't do that at all. George Kittle tried to run the route. I, I, I thought it was a sloppy route, to be honest. Uh, he didn't shield the defender or anything. And then Janoris Jack, Jack Rabbit Jenkins beat him to the football and picked it off. The worst thing that could have happened in that situation. But at the same time, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is looking at George Kittle in that situation. It's okay to just throw the ball out of the back of the end zone and live the player another down. Nobody said you had to force it. Even though they weren't on the same page, just throw it away and let them play another down. You guys can chime in and hang out with us this morning on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. The question of the day, what's your favorite sports team deserve for Christmas based on their performance this year? Patrick in Chicago. Thanks for calling the show, man. Patrick, what you got? 
Yeah, man. So for Christmas, I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to tell you three things. First, I want my Chicago Bulls to get some respect. We score more points in the fourth quarter than any team in the league other than maybe Denver. We have three all-stars in our starting lineup. Lonzo Ball will be another. And I think we're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals bare minimum. I think there's too many dysfunction, too much dysfunction on the Nets and other teams as well. And my other big thing is think about this. Chicago has the biggest Serbian um, community in the country. AK, our, our president, is very good friends with the Joker, and the Joker is going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. Get ready, league. Thank you very much. Patrick, I love the call. And by the way, uh, as somebody that works every night with Sarah Spain, check out Spain and Fitz from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on uh, ESPN Radio. Sarah Spain noted Chicagoan. Uh, I, I didn't know the Bulls weren't getting respect because I feel like about once uh, every day and a half I have to hear the Bulls are back and – uh, the best team in the East. So I didn't know they weren't getting respect. But I love the fact that you said in one call, hey, uh, there's two things we need here. Respect for right now because we're going to go to the Eastern Conference Final. But also respect that we're going to get the biggest free agent next year. Uh, so, like, I love this mindset, Harry, that the, the Bulls have gone not just from being good now to, like, hey, I figured out how to make them good today and for the next five years. This is amazing. Well, I'll say this. I like this Bulls roster. You got Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, um, and then you got Lonzo Ball, the three guys he was mentioning, potential all-stars. But then you got Vukicic. How you how you pronounce his last name? Uh, yeah, v- yeah, Vuk- yeah. If it has a, v, a Vic at the end of it, he can play damn basketball. Vucevic. Yeah, there we go. But uh, I, I like what the Chicago Bulls team presents. Uh, Kobe White also on that roster. Uh, in the offseason, I'm looking forward to seeing what other guys can they bring in because right now the attraction is in Chicago. Chicago is not a bad city. They're trying to get the brand of basketball to being uh, high levels of there like it was when Derrick Rose was, was the number one pick and went there and played for a while. So I like the Chicago Bulls team. They have a lot to say this year. Especially. Yeah, and by the way, asking me to pronounce any name is, is uh, difficult. Uh, but I'll say this, uh, you're, you're right. And Lonzo, it's been fun to watch him figure out how to shoot. Uh, the shooting percentages are so much better this year. Uh, coming up, week 16 is just getting started. We've got a Christmas Day doubleheader, including a battle for first place. We'll tell you about it. Plus, I'll try and figure out why it's taco meat and not taco lettuce. I, I don't know. That's all coming up next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com.
That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sean J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz sitting in for the guys. So I'm, I'm confused, Harry, because earlier you said Jimmy G had taco meat. Yeah, taco because meat he had there. like, like his, his shirt buttoned down. But what I don't understand yeah. is that like it, when it's on your head, the, the kids call it lettuce. Your hair's <laughs> lettuce. So wouldn't it be taco lettuce if it's coming out? Like, I mean, it doesn't sound as appetizing. But if you got like the little poof of 70s, like poof, chest hair, that'd be the taco lettuce, right? No, I'm, I'm guessing because of the color of the hair. You know what I mean? Same, almost the same color as taco meat. So that's why we said go with taco meat. I mean, taco I, meat, I, man. I, I don't know if I approve of that. I think I think we're gonna make it a new thing. Like, look, Harry, come to the dark side of the force. Like, I was willing to listen to you about free the candle, and now I'm much happier that I've got a peppermint sugar cookie candle going. Uh, you should listen to me about taco lettuce. And you know what? You've got cachet. Like, I think if you went into a few locker rooms and I was like, hey, man, the taco lettuce is showing, within like two weeks, it would be its own thing. Like, you could create a whole Fitz, trend listen, and then just give me a little credit. Listen, Fitz, if I go into barbershop and we're having barbershop talk and I say, <laughs> hey, man, the man got the damn taco lettuce going out, they're going to kick me out of the barbershop. I'll no longer be welcome. And I'm not, now, how am I getting my hair cut if I'm no longer welcome in a barbershop? Fitz? You know what? Let That's know. a fair point. So what I'm hearing out of this is you would like to take me to your local barbershop where I can then say taco lettuce, and I think it would work for both of us. Well, they'll be like, okay. Harry, Harry, is he with you? He with you, Harry? <laughs> yes, guys, he's with me. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. All right, let's get to a call. We've been asking you guys to chime in on what your favorite team deserves for Christmas based on what they've been do- doing this season. Rick and Virginia, what do you got, man? Hey, my Christmas wish comes in the off-season. Off, off I like to see, um, first of all, Jerry Jones turn everything over to Stephen Jones and then free up some money by getting rid of Zeke and Cooper because they need to pay the defense. They need to pay C.D. Land, the tight ends. So they got a, a, a salary cap issue to face. Wow, that's a that's a <laughs> thanks for the call. That's the the modern NFL fan right there, Harry. Like in the middle of a season where I just said I think the Cowboys have a shot at the Super Bowl, and everybody's like, got cap issues, don't know what we're gonna do to resign guys next year. Like that is that is chaos to me. Like just just enjoy a season where you might be able to get to the Super Bowl. Fitz, uh, I'm laughing, I'm laughing because a simple fact he wants Jerry Jones to turn it over to Stephen Jones. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's. That's like wanting to date the girl that you know you would never ever get in your damn life. <laughs> that is humiliating. 
Jerry Jones is not turning over anything to Stephen Jones until he leaves this earth. Mm-hmm. That's that's fact. All right, let's get to a little bit of fun here. It's time to do some four downs. What This is four downs. Four Downs is brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Let's get it started. You know how these things start. They start with first down. First down. Oh, that's so much fun. That just sounds awesome. Browns at Packers. Christmas, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Harry Douglas, you in on this game? I mean, we don't know if we got Baker. We hope we get Baker. I'm not sure it makes a difference, though. Yeah, this is a Christmas Day game. I'm definitely going to be watching this. Baker Mayfield, if he's able to play, I think the most pressure to to finish the season off right now is on Baker Mayfield. You look at the games they have along the way. So Baker Mayfield versus Aaron Rodgers. If Baker's is if Baker is out there, but I think the defense of the of the Cleveland Browns they had a little blemish there uh, last week. They should have got the Moreau, your team against the Raiders should have got the guy out of bounds, and I think they win that football game. But at the end of the day, the leading candidate for MVP. Aaron Rodgers, I think he takes over and wins this game decisively. Yeah, this is going to be handy. He's going to handle. That's the word I'm looking for. Let's go to the next one. Second down. Colts at Cardinals. An interesting one because the Colts are fighting for their lives to try and somehow wait for the Titans to make a mistake, hoping they can win the division, taking on a Cardinals team that got embarrassed last week, Harry. Yeah, for the Cardinals, I, I want to understand, or I want them to let us understand, all the people who watch their games, what's their identity? Are they going to be a running football team? Are they going to be a throwing football team? DeAndre Hopkins, I think some of the red zone issues uh, have occurred for this Arizona Cardinals football team because DeAndre Hopkins is not in that lineup, and he won't be for a while. So uh, let's see if they can get back on track. But I think on the flip side of it, the, the Arizona Cardinals defense, when I watched them against the Lions, they made entirely too many stakes, uh, mistakes. You had to uh, linebacker Isaiah Simmons, he had an opportunity to get an interception in that game, and then he missed a sack that led to a touchdown for the Detroit Lions, so he has to play better. But I don't know if they're going to be able to stop the run game. But on the flip side of that, the Indianapolis Colts will be down two offensive linemen. Center Ryan Kelly is going to be a big, big loss for this team. Yeah, you mentioned the Cardinals, and uh, I'm so disappointed – as well as they played through, you know, losing the quarterback to injury and everything else, as well as they played to lay that egg against the Lions and now put themselves in a situation like, I don't think home field advantage matters as much to the Cardinals to have it. I think Cardinals not having it and having to go to Lambeau would be the one that I'm like, my God, that is a royal screw-up. You'll look back at every game that costs you the opportunity to not have to go to that cold-weather situation and say, what happened? Next up on the list. Third down. All right, this one's interesting to me. We got the Ravens taking on the Bengals, and it's interesting to me because twofold. Uh, my, my heart breaks for Baltimore at this point because, uh, frankly, everybody's been hurt all stinking year. But then the other part of it that's interesting is there's opportunity here. Like, the Bengals should no longer be defined by who the Bengals have been. This is a young core of players that have yeah. nothing to do with past failures for Cincinnati. This is the type of game, Harry, that can prove to everybody that it doesn't matter who the Bengals have been as a franchise. It matters who Joe Burrow is as a quarterback today. Yeah, I think every time we've seen the Bengals this year and, and, and we've been high on them, they've found a way – to, 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 to make us sad. I think hmm. Joe Burrow, I think Jamar Chase, I think um, Joe Mixon, I think these guys need to step it up even more in this game because now they have an opportunity to, to get another step forward uh, in the playoff race and making the playoffs and winning this division. The flip side of that, the Baltimore Ravens, 
I don't, if Lamar Jackson plays, if he doesn't play, I still believe in Tyler Huntley. But will the, the, the missing players for this Baltimore Ravens football team catch up, catch up for, uh, to them in a tenfold uh, process during this game? How stinking good are the Ravens? I love this nugget. I know the record is what it is. They've lost three straight games by a total of four combined points. From the Elias Sports Bureau, that's the first team in NFL history to lose three straight games by a combined four points or fewer within any season. The Ravens are literally a couple of two-point conversions away from being in a much different conversation despite how decimated they are. I, I can't say enough about how well they've done, but I also can't say enough about wanting to see the, the Bengals come out and sort of impact a new generation by being a different version of the Bengals. Next up on our list. Fourth down. This one is a biggie. Steelers at Chiefs. You got Big Ben in uh, Kansas City. This is the Sunday afternoon, late afternoon game. Harry, this is a massive game for both teams as there are so many playoff implications on the line. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a big game. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're, they're riding a seven-game win streak. And next thing you know, the COVID bug hits them. They have a ton of guys out right now due to COVID-19 protocols. But if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have to look at it. Okay, this is an opportunity. Uh, we can possibly get over, a hump, uh, over the hump by the, by, by the depleted Kansas City Chiefs team because of COVID. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to score enough points. Maybe they will. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if they do, I think it would be some positive light in them trying to win the AFC North. Remember back when the Chiefs were three and four and everybody was giving up on them? I mean, I think the Chiefs are a little bit like Tom Brady. Just stop giving up on them and realize that they're going to get it right almost every year. They clinch a playoff berth with a win. They would clinch their sixth straight AFC West title if they win and the Chargers lose. A little side nugget you didn't ask for, Harry. I'm actually rooting for the Chiefs in this game. Why am I rooting for the Chiefs in this game, you might ask yourself, as a Raiders fan? Because I know the Raiders can't catch the Chiefs. But that stinking tie is currently helping the, the Steelers in the playoff standing. So if I want my beloved Raiders to have any miracle Santa Claus shot <laughs> at getting into the playoffs, I need the Steelers to keep losing. So I'm, there we I'm go. Rooting for, I'm, I'm rooting for the, uh, for the Steelers. I need the Steelers to win so the Titans can move close to getting the number one seed. Okay, look, uh, I need you to focus on my joy for a minute here. This is Christmas. It's the season of giving. You're supposed to give me some joy. You know what? I'm putting coal in your stocking. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna, you know what? We're not done. Four downs? No, there was a penalty on the last one. It was called Joy Interference by Harry Douglas. So now we get to play one more. Bonus down. The game of the weekend for so many people. Sunday, 1 p.m., Bills at Patriots. Now, I'm trying to figure out, Harry, what we can reasonably take away from the game that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Because it's not that long ago we saw these two teams play. But we saw these two teams play in awful weather conditions that meant nothing. We saw these two teams play in a memorable game because Mac Jones was basically just there to take the snap and do nothing with it after that. Like I have no idea what we can take away from the one game we've seen and what it means for this game. Well, I'll tell you this. One thing that won't be happening are those 40-mile-per-hour winds that they had to play in. Uh, it's going to be a little chilly up there in Foxborough, but I do believe that this is a chance that the Buffalo Bills have to to make a statement. If they lose this game, they're not going to win the division. Uh, but I say it's a, it's a must game for both teams, not just the Buffalo Bills, not just the New England Patriots, for both teams. Both teams have to win this game. So I'm looking forward to actually seeing this game on Sunday. Yeah, I think this is a huge test. Like, look – I don't at this point it's a little like the Cowboys. Whatever the Patriots do, we're going to overblow and we're going to be dumb about it. The Bills, 
the Bills have a lot to prove at this point. And that's just that's just fact for the way that everybody analyzes everything that Bill Belichick does, rightfully so, versus everything that we've seen from Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So I thought the first matchup with the weather conditions hindered Buffalo far more than they would hinder just because of the way the teams are built, far more than they would hold back New England. So I'm looking at Buffalo as an opportunity to come out and make a big, big statement. If they don't do that, then they're in fact making – a big, big statement either way that this is still New England's world and they're just barely riding on the roller coaster. Like this is this is the th- this is the Christmas Day table, and the if the Bills lose this game, they're still at the kids' table. They're not at the grown-ups' table. Well, I'll which, tell you this: if the Bills lose this football game in the physical fashion that they did the first time, ooh, that's not good going into playoff time. No, uh, you're a thousand percent right about that. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're filling in for the guys on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. We're also asking you on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Chime in. Tell us, based on the way your team has played this year, what they deserve for Christmas. Leo, thanks for calling the show, Leo. What you got, man? Hey, morning, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas to you, too. Um, I had a... Um, I'm a Jet fan, so uh, my team deserves absolutely nothing for Christmas. And I have a two-part question. I have a two-part question for number 83 over there. Uh, Harry, what DB gave you the hardest time in the NFL, whether, you know, coverage-wise, who, what guy had you figured out, you know, blanketed you? And second part, who gave you the hardest stick of your life, you know, who, who just took your soul out there on the field? Thanks, guys. Mary. No, Merry okay. Christmas. That, that's great. Nobody so, so, ever covered Harry Douglas, but try and find somebody. So, so I'll say it like this. I'm going to say that the, the DB that um, I had the greatest battles against, I would have to say was Rondé Barber, just because mm. he was so intelligent. Um, he can play the slot position. He can play outside. He can play the safety position. But he was so, so smart and so intelligent that you had to be so crafty, and you had to be smart and intelligent to be able to, uh, to beat him and, and catch the football. And I'll say the hardest I ever got hit, someone who took my soul, I think that happened only one time in the NFL. It was Lance Briggs. I was on an under route. A under, uh, I was in a slot position. I, ran a, I went up five yards, and I broke in. We call it an inner under. And um, – I tried to catch the ball on the backside hash instead of the frontside hash, and Lance Briggs knocked me out. I had to go to the locker room. Oh, Lance. Damn it, I still owe you, Lance. Wow. I, you know what? I, that's the first time I've ever heard Harry admit anybody got the best of him. I mean, did it you happens. still? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that, Harry. I, I, I still believe in you, my friend. I still believe. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Uh, we're going to keep the uh, football talk going. Uh, coming up, why the Bills Patriots might be more important for the Patriots, despite everything I just said it could be more important for the Patriots. We'll ask somebody that would know better than anybody. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, your smart speakers. Basically anywhere you ever want to watch or listen to ESPN, we're there. But we are not Keyshawn, J. Will, or Max. It's Harry Douglas and Jason Fitz in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get some insight on the game we were just talking about in a second from the Goodyear Hotline. But before we go there, where we will be joined by Rob Ninkovich, our good friend and former Patriot. Uh, I want everybody first to hear what Mike Reese, ESPN NFL Nation, New England Patriots reporter, said on Freddie and Fitzsimmons about the pressure on the Patriots coming into this. To me, I just put it point blank. If the Patriots want to win the AFC East, they have to win this game. That's the way I look at it. Look at the road ahead for both teams. Start with Buffalo. After this game, they have two home games against the Falcons and the Jets. They should be favored in both those games, playing at home. So to me, 
the Bills, if they win and beat the Patriots, they will have the tiebreaker over New England and those two games remaining. So now we will head to the Goodyear Hotline. Rob Ninkovich joins us. Nink, you know these situations, this rivalry, this team. So is this, in your mind, a must-win game for New England? Yes, it is a must-win game for New England. And I say that because you don't want to give up that driver's seat position. You don't want to be the passenger and hope and have your fingers crossed. You're in a position right now where if you win this football game, you can control your own destiny. And losing last week against the Colts, I think that also puts them in a tough spot. You don't want to lose back-to-back games at the end of the season. Um, I think their last game of the year also is going to be a really hard, tough challenge in Miami. There's been a track record. I can speak from experience. When you go down to Miami late in the year, you can't simulate the humidity. You can't simulate playing on the road and practice up here in New England. So I really think that this game against the Bills is a must-win the conditions are going to be a lot different than their first matchup. They're not going to be 50-mile-an-hour wins. I could flip my camera around, and you could probably see a little bit of snow falling, but I think that that's not going to be the case come Sunday. Um, so I definitely agree with Mike Reese. It's a must-win. The Patriots know it's a must-win, so they're going to have to go out there. They're going to have to take care of business. They're going to play smart football from start to finish. Nico, what do the Patriots have to do to bounce back from a loss that they actually did have the last time they were out there on the football field? Well, number one is going to have to be taking care of the football and not getting behind in this game. So against the Colts, you saw them down, which is usually not the case. The Patriots like to play from ahead because they're a running football team. They control the time of possession and uncharacteristic penalties um, last week. So the Patriots are number one going to have to take care of the football, not turn turn the ball over. Mac Jones had a key turnover down in the red zone against the Colts. That is just a killer. So... He's going to have to make sure he takes care of the ball um, and also penalty-free. You saw some uncharacteristic things with the Patriots last week. You can't have punt blocks for touchdowns. That is just uh, the Achilles heel of any football team. When you let up punt blocks, that's just the recipe for disaster. So the Patriots playing well, take care of the football. Special teams have to be cranking on all cylinders, just like defense and offense. It's going to be vital in this Bills matchup because I do believe the Bills are probably a little bit jaded and mad at themselves from the last matchup and the the opportunities they had in that game that they didn't come out on top. So uh, we all know the head coach for the Bills had some some words to say after the game. um, And let's not give Bill all the credit here. I think he backtracked on that statement. Uh, But I can guarantee they're both motivated, the Bills and the Patriots in this matchup, uh, to put themselves in the driver's seat. I think it's interesting, and, and both of you guys can speak to this as former players, but Nink, like, you're talking about you just played a huge rival a couple of weeks ago. Like, when you get a division rival close on the schedule this compacted, does that help or hurt you? Well, I, I think there's a couple of challenges, especially when you're in a division matchup. You know the team. Um, so sometimes you might play a, a non-division team, and you hadn't played them in a few years, so they have a completely different roster, completely different coaching staff, um, so you really don't know what to expect. Well, in the division game that you played a couple weeks ago, you know the players, you know the personnel, you know the scheme, you know what they want to do, so it really comes down to execution and making sure that you don't lose the game with bad penalties, um, special teams block punts, 
interceptions, all those things that are bad football. And, and you see a lot more teams actually going out there and losing, which losing games, which I know that sounds funny, but there's more losing performances than actually going out there and winning. And, and a losing performances, penalties, interceptions, um, fumbles, hidden yardage. So we're in special teams, you're getting pinned on the one to five yard line, which is impossible to try and work from certain situations. That's losing football. Winning football is creating turnovers, playing penalty free, executing at a high level. And when you can do that, then you put yourself in a great position to win. There's a chance that Kendrick Bourne and Damian Harris could be out for this game. If those guys are out, how does that affect Mac Jones? Well, I mean, I think when you lose key players, it's just hard on everybody. So you look at Tampa, they lost a bunch of key players. What happened? They just didn't look great on offense. So um, the one thing about this football team, the Patriots, that is, they're a running football team. Um, they, have, they have some pieces there. They have the personnel to just try and grind it out. And we saw last time against Buffalo, Buffalo knew that they were running the football Everyone in the stadium knew they were running the football, and they only threw the, the football three times. So when you think about that, I, I don't think it'll be much of an issue um, to lose Bourne, but I do believe you know, losing a running back in a running game, that's tough. Um, but any, any way you cut it, it's hard when you lose starters, and that's from the Patriots to the Bucks to anybody that has a, a starter out. You always have to adjust, but when you lose talent, you lose talent. Nick, as always, we appreciate your time, man. I hope you and your family have a great holiday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on Christmas Eve. All right. Merry Christmas. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Also on your smart speakers, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas and Jason Fitz in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And you can tune into Football Action Sunday. Mac Jones and the Patriots host Josh Allen and the Bills. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. You just heard a little segment of it, but I want you to hear everything again here that Mike Reese, ESPN NFL Nation, New England Patriots reporter, said on Freddie and Fitzsimmons when asked about whether this is a must-win game for the Patriots. This is what he said. To me, I just put it point blank. If the Patriots want to win the AFC East, they have to win this game. That's the way I look at it. Look at the road ahead for both teams. Start with Buffalo. After this game, they have two home games against the Falcons and the Jets. They should be favored in both those games, playing at home. So to me, the Bills, if they win and beat the Patriots, they will have the tiebreaker over New England and those two games remaining. Now, we just asked Rob Ninkovich if this is a must-win game. He agreed with it, Harry. I do not. And look, I usually would say yes, because look at the remaining schedule. and Look who's out there to play. This year particularly, who cares about the remaining schedule when every single week the NFL is as unpredictable as I can ever remember? Like, we're sitting here saying, oh, they got to win this one because uh, there's, you know, the, the remaining games look pretty easy here and look pretty hard there. That game means nothing. The schedule game means nothing in a season where we've watched the Jets beat the Titans, in a season where we watched the Jags beat the Bills, in a season where every single week we have no idea what version of teams. We just saw the Lions beat the Cardinals, and now we're going to say there's a must-win game because of remaining schedule? Remaining schedule is a, is a bad argument this year because nobody knows what's coming every single week. I would have to disagree with you, Fitz. Uh, I, I think this is a, a very important game for both teams, but I'm going to start with the Patriots. Uh, with the Patriots, if they win this football game, just say right now they're, they're, they're third in the AFC. If they win this football game, they move to second. Say the Kansas City Chiefs lose their game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would now bump the New England Patriots to the number one seed in the AFC because their conference record right now is 7-2. and two. They would have the better conference record. Plus, they beat the Titans head to, in a head-to-head matchup. I think having home field advantage in the playoffs uh, in New England, I think that is important. Uh, having a first-round bye uh, would be very important to this New England Patriots football team because that's just one less game that you have to play. So I think this is a must win for the New England Patriots. Now, when you look at the Buffalo Bills, you look the Buffalo Bills, they're trying to stay afloat. They're trying to stay ahead of water right now, right? The last two games of the season we, we just heard are the Falcons and the Jets. If they win those games right there and if they beat the Patriots tonight, they're sitting in a perfect spot uh, that they probably want to be in. So I think it's a must win for both teams. But when I'm looking at it from the Patriots standpoint, this is a huge game for the Patriots because they're still in the fight to get the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, but the problem with that that whole concept to me is that basically, to me, every single one of these games down the stretch then becomes must-win. Like, we, we presume that the Dolphins would be an easy out for the Patriots or that the Jags would be an easy out for the Patriots. I just can't presume that this year because, as my bank account will tell you, every time I presume something about the NFL this year, put a little cash on it, all of a sudden I just get kicked in the no-no places. Like, we live in a world where I can watch uh, the, the Raiders come out and beat incredibly hard teams like the Ravens and beat incredibly uh, incredibly big wins against teams like the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and then I can watch 
watch them lay an egg against bad teams. Like there's so so little predictability in this year's NFL. To me, what you just said for the Chiefs, I can make a case for why the Chiefs will lose all three of their remaining games, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Broncos. I can also make a case why the Chiefs will win all three of their remaining games, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Broncos. And between COVID and injuries and then just the fact that for whatever reason this year, there are times that teams just don't show. Like you and I work a lot in college football. This was the weirdest year I've ever seen in college football because we had no damn clue. Every single Saturday we're sitting there, we're like, I I don't know. I mean, uh, what we did know is that most likely Georgia and Alabama were going to win. About everything else, kind of up in the air, right? You know, that's how I feel about the NFL this year. Like, there's just, there's nothing safe, nothing predictable. So the concept that one game holds more weight than any others doesn't work for me because, frankly, you can't afford to have any slip-ups anymore. Well, I'm going to say this. It's not that we're saying that this game outweighs another. We're saying that this is the next game. This is the game that's right now. And on any given day, the worst team in the National Football League can beat the best team in the National Football League if you don't come out there and show up and ready to play. That's evident. That's been proven over numerous of years. Right now, the next game is the New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. That's the most important game right now. Both of these teams are fighting to see who's going to win the division. And not only that, the New England Patriots are trying to see if they can get a number one seed in the AFC. I think that's why it's important. And we all know the history of the New England Patriots playing the Dolphins uh, late in years. But earlier this year, the, the, the Miami Dolphins already beat the New England Patriots. But I understand this is a different Patriots team right now. But every game... Every season, every every week is very, very important, especially when you get in the month of late November, December, January football. Every game is important. But right now, the next game is this one, the Patriots versus the Bills. I mean, I think we can all agree, Harry, that the, there's no team in the AFC that needs home field advantage more than the Titans. And as much as we were saying – you know, a couple of days ago, could it be that they are free falling and their season could be over? Not we as in you and I, the the, the popular narrative. Uh, there's no team that needs it more. Like for the Titans, just knowing that you don't have to go to Arrowhead and you don't have to go to Foxborough and knowing that you could get the extra week to get Derrick Henry back, there is no team in football that needs the the number one seed more than the Titans need it in the AFC somehow, some way. Yeah, it'll be great if they're able to get it. And we've, and we've seen a few years ago in the AFC Championship game when the Titans um, actually went went to um, uh, excuse me Arrowhead Stadium and they lost that game against Patrick Mahomes and then they went on the, uh, to the Super Bowl, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs did. So to be able to get that first-round bye for the Titans is very, very key because now you allow Julio Jones an extra week to get healthier. You allow the Titans in that offensive line to get healthier. You allow more defensive guys to get healthier. And not to mention, last but not least, you let the great Derrick Henry uh, have another week to get healthy. So I think right now the number one seed for the Tennessee Titans would be very beneficial in the AFC. Harry, I've changed my whole opinion. New England's a must-win game over the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots have to have (laughs) it because (laughs) if the Bills lose, that just helps the Raiders get back into that seven seed. It's right there. (laughs) Only one game back. It's right there for the taking. All right. One Super Bowl contender may be getting their running back back. And it's not the Titans. We'll explain that next. KJ and Max. Uh, continues on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. 
the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.